It is lovely to be with you, and particularly to start with Food Bank, to just say a big, big thank you. You know, you were there at the beginning. There wouldn't be a food bank without Forest Hill Community Church, without Luke, without others here who really got this thing up and running. It's real sad that we're still there. But while there is a need, we will still be there. So thank you. Thank you. I think I added up seven or eight people who regularly volunteer in some capacity from this church. But then there's your home groups who collect food. Every week, Diana turning up with more food from Forest Hill Community Church. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for giving me a little corner of an office space here for good to do all that needs doing with some of the admin. Thank you for renaming Malham Road the Hope Centre, because that's what we're about. Just to give you some sad statistics, so far this year, we've seen, this is across all our sites, because remember, there's we're open six days a week, two hours each day, but only twice round at Malham. The rest of the days we're in other places. We've seen over 3,200 people come through the doors this year. But then if you add in all their families, you're up to six and a half thousand. That has already beaten 2017's figures. And I know that there's an extra week or two stats to go in because Barbara's computer broke down or the internet. We are, the numbers are going up. And that, it shouldn't be. But while it is, we will do what we can. And what we can do is more than food. Yes, we give food and we must have the food. We're giving a ton of food away every week. So please keep giving the food. But what we give as well is a beautiful welcome. We give people time to talk and be listened to. We offer prayer for every single person who comes through the doors. And most people say, yes, please. We are about being good news to the poor and to helping people move. And you've seen some of the success stories here, our lovely Gary. Um, (laughs) But just a couple of other needs. Uh, There's a lady who comes along, and she's been far too many times. But when she tells me her story of her mental health isn't great, so she doesn't organize life as well as she should, and she got herself into debt, so now when the money comes in, most of it has to go to pay off the debt. So what she's left with, and she brought the papers, what she's left with week on week, you couldn't feed yourself on it, let alone put money in the gas meter. So we are there for this lady, both with love and acceptance and with food. We love uh, one of our new volunteers, Neil, who again came as a client, doesn't mind his story being told, that he came as a client and he said what he received more than food was respect and hope. Now Neil is just this brilliant volunteer for us and we've seen this man change. So thank you for being part of what we're doing. Please keep giving the food. Please keep praying for us that our front of house would have that, almost that word of knowledge to know what to say to people that those out the back will continue to serve with glad hearts despite falling over cans of baked beans. So thank you so much. Um, 
Is there anything else I need to tell you about food bank? Oh, just to say, in the future, apart from us really praying and we can close at some point because people won't need food banks, but whilst that hasn't happened, we are possibly looking to open a fifth centre on a Saturday afternoon. We're taking it slowly because we would need to know this church is going to be fully committed. We don't want to mess people around. But that is certainly a possibility for the future. The sad bit of the future is if you've heard about universal credit, it hasn't been fully rolled out in Lewisham yet. When that happened in Southwark, they saw a 30% increase in food bank use. So I am going to need your tins of tuna, so keep coming with them, please. That's food bank. So let's move into Micah. I'm going to read again the passage that Nigel read at the beginning of the service, but I'm going to read it from verse 1. So this is Micah chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Marshal your troops now, city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, through you, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. Butts are a big thing in the Bible. I like big butts. And this is a real big but, this one. But you, O Bethlehem. In Hebrew, verse 1 begins with a now. So you've got the contrast. Verse 1 begins, now, verse 2, but, but could be nevertheless, or in spite of all. So now, now for these people, things are really tough. Their leader is going to be humiliated. That's that whole struck on the cheek bit. They are going to be, now they're under siege. Now things are very bad. But, nevertheless. I wonder if this is the reading in Theresa May's church today. Go to the next slide. This is another Christmas passage we sometimes hear. This is from Isaiah. It was possibly around the same similar time. Similar idea. He says, distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged and look upward and will curse their king and their God. They will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom. And they will be thrust into utter darkness. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Both these passages written to people who are in bad situations. And actually situations which were actually quite a lot of their own making. The people of Judah and Israel had in large part, they'd stopped worshipping God, they turned to idols. Justice and right living were in short supply, and now they were reaping the consequences. Israel would go into exile 
Judah would follow into exile. Both Isaiah and Micah make this clear that it's going to happen. But they are also sure that God has not abandoned his people forever. However, the challenge for those people who heard these words of Isaiah and the words of Micah was it was going to be a long time coming. The child being born in Bethlehem would be another 600 odd years. That is a long time to hang on to hope. I think I've got a slide that just says... These are not easy things to do. In fact, for these people, it was going to get worse before it got better. They would have little foretastes. They would eventually get back to their homeland. They would eventually rebuild the temple, not as big as the one before. There would be some restored worship with people like Ezra and Nehemiah and all that. Yet they still waited. Waiting, hopefully, is not easy. For the last nine months to a year, I've had a sore mouth. It started on Boxing Day with me having to go get a dental emergency appointment and then through pain and two teeth being removed and an infection. I've ended up with a mouth that is dry and sore. And the dentist and the guys at King's say, no, there's nothing really wrong and the doctor's not sure. I'm fed up with the stupid thing. It is just annoying, and this is just nine months, and this is just a sore mouth. Waiting, hopefully, is difficult. I ask God, I live in hope, I cannot countenance the thought that this might be it for 30 years. I try and get on with life, but it just nags away, and that's just a sore mouth, and that's just a year. Waiting is heartbreaking. Any of you have spent time with women who are hoping for a child, and another year goes by? And another year goes by. Spend time with men who are looking for that reconciliation with their children. And it's still not happened. And it's still not happened. Refugees who just long for the day that they can go home. Psalm 80 actually captures some of that longing. I think I've got it for you here. Just hear the pain in these words. Hear us, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned among the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awake your might, come and save us. Restore us, O Lord. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. How long, Lord? How long, Lord God Almighty? Will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink the tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors. Our enemies mock us. Restore us, O Lord. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Waiting is hope. Waiting in hope is tough. So please, please, it's my first plea to you. Make this a church that prays and supports and gives time and walks with those who are waiting in hope and who are struggling. Our places need to be safe places where people can cry out, How long, Lord? Lord, make your face shine on us. Lord, hear us. Our churches need to be communities where people don't have to hide their pain and where they don't get platitudes chucked at them, you know, 
Patience is a virtue, dear. Well, yes, it is. But let's make sure we walk with each other through these dark valleys of waiting and waiting and waiting. Anyway, moving on. Back to the passage. Those people are waiting in hope. We are rejoicing that the Savior has come. Next slide. Yes. And as I say each thing, you know, the point should come up. <laughs> we rejoice that the Savior has come. The woman who was in labor has now given birth, and she called him Jesus, and he was born in Bethlehem, and he is Emmanuel, God with us. So let's just look at some of the description of this. First of all, he is a ruler whose origins are from of old and from ancient times. For me, if I remember something in the book of Daniel where he talks about God being the ancient of days. And this has this feeling, doesn't it? That he is one with authority. God is in control. He has got a plan. He will see it through. God is working his purpose out. I might not be able to see it yet, but God is in control. My hope, my trust are on solid ground as I stick with my Lord. Secondly, he is the one who stands in the strength and the majesty of the Lord. If you go back to that passage in Isaiah, if you kept reading, it would have described him as wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. This is Jesus. The angels in the Christmas story variously call him Messiah, Christ the Lord, Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. This is our Jesus. The Magi from the East recognize who he is and they humbly bow down. That wonderful, we're not singing it today. Who is he in yonder stall? Tis the Lord, a wondrous story. Tis the Lord, the King of glory. At his feet we humbly fall. Crown him, crown him, Lord of all. We can be confident that he is the one who stands in strength, the one from the ancient of days. But thirdly, he is our shepherd. Now, you don't see many shepherds these days in London. I think there are things. I think, don't you, if you become a freeman of the city, you're entitled to drive your sheep across London Bridge or something. It doesn't, yeah, doesn't happen much now. These sheep were a common sight in Israel. Shepherds were around. And so a lot of pictures in the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament, God is seen as a shepherd. And actually the leaders are meant to be like shepherds and get told off when they don't do a very good job. And of course, those of you who know your New Testament, Jesus talks of himself as the good shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd. Shepherds lead and guide and feed. They seek the lost. They protect the flock. Our good shepherd is reliable and trustworthy and powerful and tender. This is the Lord Jesus. This is the one who has come. As I was thinking back over this year, apart from the mouth, I suddenly realized that in amongst all the joyful bits, there's been some tough stuff this year. Some of you know that my sister um, has a cancer that has spread, and so now this will be a life-shortening cancer. We don't know how long. So we continue as a family to live 
with that tension of fur cancer. My daughter took a new job and it was the wrong job. And it just sparked a lot of her OCD stuff coming back. And so trying to support her at a distance as she struggled with that. Things are better now and she's into a job that's going to work for her. Then the lovely, lovely lady who ran our St. James Food Bank in New Cross suddenly died. Again, supporting and working out what you do there. And then I go and take a new job in the middle of this. So now I'm doing two jobs and trying to work out how you do two jobs at once. Plus the niggles of being 61 and bits of my body don't work like they used to. Plus a couple of dear friends whose marriages have fallen apart. And they are just in such distress. And yet I can say for sure that Jesus has been my shepherd and guide through this. That he has been reliable. That as I have cried out to him, he has given me wisdom that I couldn't have had. Words to say to these people I'm trying to support. He has fed me. He has led me. He has, I know that he is protecting my daughter, and we've seen that. She's, uh, we pray together in that. I have seen that my sister, who isn't a woman of faith, and yet appreciates my prayers, and we are seeing some answers there. God has been my shepherd. He will continue to be my shepherd. We can rely on him as our shepherd. And actually, I love the fact that who got to hear first about the Jesus being born bit? It was some shepherds up in the hills. Finally in this list, he is our peace. I'm thinking how many parents over the next couple of weeks are just going to long for a moment's peace. But the peace here is that beautiful Hebrew word shalom. And it means a bit more than just the absence of fighting and noise. I looked it up in my Bible dictionary and it gave me these options. Wholeness. Harmony, well-being, wealth, health, security, satisfaction, good relationships, salvation. My, we could do with a whole lot of them. In our country, in our city, in our world, the angel voices seem to be getting drowned out again. And I don't know about you, but I at times just can feel powerless about how, do I, how does little me change anything that's going on out there. I can't right all the wrongs and the evils in the world, but I can do my part. You know, was that um, in the bleak midwinter, you know, if I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I can, I give him, give him my heart. And actually, if I let Jesus rule in my heart, as Jesus' peace rules in my heart, I can then become a peacemaker who sows in peace. And I can make a difference. And we can make a difference. And the ripples roll out as the peace of God rolls in our heart. He is our peace. I am forgiven, restored. I have God's spirit within me. So, as I admit that I've messed up and I get the peace that God gives for through forgiving me, so I am able to forgive others and the ripples go out. Some of my friends at Food Bank struggle with the fact that my ex-husband is now a regular volunteer. 
it really is no problem. It is a delight. We've dealt with things. Forgiveness has happened. It took time. But now the ripples can come out from there. As I trust God for my well-being, I stop striving after stuff that doesn't matter. And that frees up money to do good things. It's really weird. I've, I've, since I stopped being minister at Crofton Park, my salary really shouldn't have been enough to do all that I've done. But it always has been. God has been there for me and supplied. Suddenly, I've been, my salary's got doubled. I've got all this money. <laughs> yeah. You're going to pass the bowl around again, aren't you? <laughs> but the times of relying on God when the money was tight have now taught me that I offer that money to God and we'll together use it well so that the ripples go out as the peacemaker has brought peace in my heart. As I am made whole and you are made whole, so you are able to help broken people and make a difference. I was thinking through, especially down at Hope Centre, all the front of house people we have there, they're the ones who listen and pray and speak hope into people's lives. And actually, I know all of their stories, and all of those are people who have had struggles. Some of them, they've been physical. You know, at least two of them walk still with a limp. One of them still struggles with her hearing. The others, there have been deeper struggles for them. But it's as God has worked in them, so they are able to minister to those who are broken. And they get it because they know of a God who spoke in their struggles so that now they can help broken people. And if all of us do that, and if all of us, with the wholeness that God has given, start getting out there and ministering to broken people, watch those ripples. Watch the power of God's church. As I allow Jesus to be my shepherd and my guide, I am challenged that I ought to have his priorities, his heart for the poor, his heart for the oppressed and for the grieving. So that means I can't just do the give out the tins of beans stuff. I need to think about injustice. I need to be actually getting involved in politics with a small p, not particularly labelling my colours to a particular political party, but I need to be getting involved. I need to be writing to people. I need to be standing up and giving voice to those who are getting treated wrongly. As I find my peace in Jesus, so I am able to live life peaceably. And for me, a lot of times that means let it go. I think I had to learn this lesson leading my church those years ago. Sometimes people will think the worst of you and it isn't fair. Sometimes you will get blamed for things and it wasn't your fault. Sometimes people mishear you and misquote you and it's not fair. But you just sometimes got to let it go. Look what they did to Jesus. And he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. As I have Jesus' peace in me, so I become able to let things go, to not feel the need to have the last word 
and take revenge and to stick up for everything. But I can trust in Jesus. He is our shepherd. He is our peace. He is the ancient one who stands in the strength and majesty of the Lord. So finally, not the next, hold the slide. I've got one more, but we'll have that final slide in a minute. Keep leaving those up. As you think about these things, these need to be our focus at Christmas time. Christmas brings up a whole range of emotions. It's another year gone and still my hopes are unfulfilled. It's the first Christmas with somebody missing. For me, it's the first Christmas with a grandchild. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's that mixture of emotions, isn't it? Um, Friends who will, family who will gather to bless one another, one or two will get, will drink too much and be rude. It's a time where more people come to food bank because they're in need, but it's also the time when we are buried, literally buried in loving donations. 12 tons of food come in normally in December compared with four tons every other month. There'll come a point where Gary will just end up stuck in the food bank because he hasn't thought of a way out. (laughs) Yeah? So in amongst all that, let's focus on these promises, these sure ground of who our Jesus is. And then let's get out there and tell other people of the amazing good news of the Savior who has come who has come so that a hurting world and our family and our friends might know his peace, his salvation, might know a shepherd and a guide in their lives. Final slide. This is what the shepherds back then did. When they had seen Jesus, they spread the word concerning about what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Let's get out there, and when they all come in tonight, or when you're sitting around the table with that auntie you normally, isn't your favorite auntie, let's share the amazingness of the God who has come, born as a babe in Bethlehem, our shepherd, our guide, and our peace. Amen.